you laugh like that, Esther? Do you, I feel like I, in my head you do it on cue, but actually you're actually laughing, but you do it at the same time every every time we record. I swear to God, I, I don't know why it just happens. I can't, I can't control it. <laughs> every say before the hate guys, Esther's like kick, 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 kick. Hi guys, and oh. welcome to another episode of Not Your Typical Tea. Woo! Yes. This is our last episode of the season. Season one. Season one of Not Your Typical Tea. My name's Jordan. My name's Esther. Woo! My name's Cheryl. <laughs> yes. We are your Not Your Typical Tea ladies, and we want to thank you guys for hanging in with us because this is our first season. 12 episodes. Wow. 12 episodes down. Mad. It's a long ride, you know. To think started this how many months ago? Oh four my gosh. Months? About four months. Four months, yeah. Yeah. Four months. So guys, we're we're this is the end of season one. Yeah. We'll be back soon. Join us on Instagram where we'll be posting. We might do a couple lives. Clubhouse. I hope you've added all of us. Get to know us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, girls, yes. And you know what? There's been so much going on in the world. Like, it just feels that we need to have a bit of a, a break, regroup and come back because I feel like every time, I, every morning, I, I open my eyes, <laughs> thanks to God. Someone is trying to kill us. <laughs> I'm tired. Let's talk. I'm tired. I'm so, I, saw, I, saw, um, I saw a stat yesterday. Yeah. 97% of women have been sexually harassed when i saw that i was like that's basically 100 percent yeah that's one of us did yeah. it surprise you though did it surprise it didn't surprise me at first at first it shocked me and then i stopped and i and i thought about it mm-hmm. and then i was thinking of the predicaments that i've been in i'm like no you're right and then i messaged my friend and he was like you know what when he was young doing things like smacking a girl's bum or yeah. like touching a thigh in your mind, as a as a young boy, you think it's harmless. It's not until you got old, you get older, you're like, that's sexual harassment. Yeah, yeah, that's think actually the truth. Yeah, and I wasn't even thinking about th- these things. Like, I've I've witnessed. I remember one time I was dr- I was coming home from work from Edgware Road, and it was late, and this old man was sitting. You know, district. You know, district line is the trains aren't big. Yeah, yeah. They face each other. This man starts masturbating on the train. Hmm. That's nasty. And the thing is, it took me a couple seconds to be to think, what is going on? Because he was just staring at me like, Jesus, buying the, the 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 three chairs. So I looked around to see if anyone saw, but the train was quite empty. So I just got up and then walked down the train. Yeah. And then he kept like it was so cringe. But I'm just thinking how desensitized we are to exactly. these things. Yeah, so desensitized. But I know so many women that have been groped on the trains. Yeah, so many women that um, by their boyfriends, family members. Like it's so normal. Then I was like, okay, I get the ninety-seven percent. And I think there's a big, there's a big issue. And I think one of the issues with this, this, these situations is that the responsibility is heavily on women, and there's not enough accountability being taken on men it's not just about women protecting ourselves um it's about men being told that's not acceptable to do yes. this, these things and there's this book that i read with my kids i actually might just go and run and get it quickly and show everyone it's all about consent boundaries and respect 
and it talks about consent and it talks about actually you you know even my kids I teach them that if you want to hug your brother I'll ask him first if you want to hug your sister ask her first and she says no no means no and I'm teaching them from now for both of them that you have to there's 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 a there's a thing called consent it's a real thing this is how you do it because it's such a it's such a horrible thing that us women have to endure it's incredibly uncomfortable that you know family members friends and so on and so forth can just pounce on you impose it like impose on your personal space and there's not enough respect for our personal space and it's like when you do start talking about personal space and boundaries you become an issue and everybody thinks oh you know you've got a problem or why she's been so difficult but actually I remember back in the day when people used to actually ask you for your digits and not have to just you know dm you um men would come to you and ask you for your telephone number and you'd say no and they would just be on you and they'll be following you yeah. and it, oh it was God. horrible oh it was horrible yeah the harassment the that harass was that harassment was real and you'll say no look i've got a baby i remember i i remember i was pregnant pregnant with one of my kids someone was like um can i have i said i'm pregnant <laughs> i'm pregnant oh i can be that baby's father um <laughs> no no, you cannot. Please. Please. No, you cannot. Yeah. Yeah. I swear. I swear. Pregnancy is not a deterrent for these men. Marriage is not a deterrent for these men. I, I blatantly showed my finger when I was married. Look, I'm married. I'm blah, 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 blah. I'm with my husband. It's not a deterrent, deterrent for these men. It's, it's shocking. It's absolutely shocking. And I think it's even wilder that they, they're like, women need to don't go out after a certain time. Just no. like, why are we not teaching boys yep. to keep their hands to themselves? themselves. Yes. I'm going to get my book. On the, on the, <laughs> go and get your book, yeah. Um, did you not see what I posted the other day? And there was an MP who basically said, like, stood up in Parliament and said, we need to have a curfew for men, a 6pm curfew for men. And the outrage, the outrage, yeah. the awe, the audacity. People were so angry with her. But is this not what you've been telling women this whole time? You need to, be, you need to act modestly. Don't be out late. Make sure you walk with somebody. Okay, if we're going to like pause and stop policing women and we police men who are the the perpetrators of these crimes everyone's everyone's outraged yep. and yep. obviously and the thing i get she was being metaphorical yeah i get that but it's just how um men took it so literal so literally yeah because heaven forbid your body's policed but our body, women's bodies, constantly policed, constantly um, we're advised to, to stay at home. And actually, she, she makes a tongue-in-joke comment and people and, and community, uh, men are outraged. Well, this is what you've been telling women. And actually, the world would be a safer place. <laughs> I posted it like, I was like, hmm, a 6pm curfew? Hmm, how interesting. Interesting to think about. We need to start putting, like, teaching boys from school. These are boundaries. These are things you don't do. These are things you need to ask for. These are the things that are not okay. It's not down to girls. No, absolutely not. And this book is so great. So it's called Let's Talk About It. Um, Body Boundaries, Consent and Respect. And it's by Janine Sanders and illustrated by Sarah Jennings. And I'll just read you like one of the things that it says. It says everyone in the world has a body boundary your body boundary is invisible space around your body this space may be invisible but it doesn't mean it isn't there no one should come inside your body boundary without you saying it's okay so this is the book that i'm actually reading to my children three and five or three and four um for the last kind of six months and for them to understand consent boundaries and respect and and, and for and for but i read it for both both of them not just my daughter but for my son to understand it's not okay to go into anybody's personal boundary especially women's don't do it so um, I would get 
I would recommend this book for young children, but all you grown men out there that think it's okay, um, please buy this book and read because you need to learn. It's not okay to enter our body boundary. Uh, thank you. And Do you remember that woman on, and I'm going to take it left. Do you remember that woman on that came on Good Morning? This is when Pierce was still in occupation. And she came on and was like, we need to ask babies. Um, <laughs> before we change their yes. Do you yes. that? Oh my gosh, I heard about that. I didn't. Enlighten me, please. I so heard she, about that. Said, on the same lines of consent, we need to be asking infants, babies that can't verbalise anything, their mm. consent before we change their nappy. And then Pierce was like, so how does the baby... <laughs> How does the baby respond? <laughs> and she was just waffling. She's like, no, we, we need to ask for consent to the babies. And I get her sentiment, but surely it's down to the parent, to police, who takes the baby's nappy. But you, the parent, are you asking the newborn consent? How does that work? How is that communication happening? Who, how are the, is the coup, is a coup a yes and a cry a no? Yeah, I think. That, I and mean, if he says no, do you leave the, the, the poo-poo nappy the on? For baby for nappy ration, then you'll be there. Your baby would be entangled. That doesn't make any sense. Like that. I mean, I get it. I get somewhat what she's saying. I think maybe there's an element of ongoing communication as you're whilst you're changing the nappy. So I remember when I used to change the kids' nappies. I used to talk to them whilst I was doing it. Oh, I'm just changing the nappy. Blah blah blah. blah. Oh, that's a big period. Like you kind of com com communicate with them throughout the change maybe of the nappy. But I don't understand the. Con maybe it's a like, subconscious thing that we do, as in to make the baby calm. But to go as far as ask the baby consent, I missed. I missed all of that. That I, that must have been a day when I was not not glued to social media because I missed that one. That yeah. sounds very well to me. But I feel like um, it's as much a conversation about consent as it is about like uh, trigger warning. But as much as it is, as it is about like rape culture, and um, it's just all it's just all so wild. I think all these conversations are going to start to happen now. So. And actually, I think the generation of, of your children, Esther, I think they are going to have a lot of a better understanding about consent, about rape culture, about um, misogyny, about all of these things. And I feel like our, our lot, our generation and the old and older are, are struggling, like yeah. struggling with the most basic understanding of respect, consent, boundaries. We're, 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 we as women... And obviously there's going to be, you know, there's, there's some men as well who have suffered, but we're talking about the 97%. We as women have struggled. We've struggled, yeah. we've been assaulted, we've been harassed, we've yeah. been all of these things. And, and I, we're gonna, the struggle's going to continue. Yeah. And we've been exposed from this, we've been exposed to this stuff at a very young age. So actually, when you think about it, most of our personal experience of our body boundary, as this book says, being imposed on is from very young age as like young children you remember going to parties and you're kind of forced to hug people or people come up to you and hug you or you know they'll say oh you know give that uncle a kiss or whatever, whatever it was that one uncle that would hold your hands for that two seconds too two long seconds and you just think you know something doesn't sit well with your psyche and your soul about what's going on but then it's communicating that to the adults that you're supposed to be, feel safe around and then you become this is the thing when a woman comes speaks out and says actually this doesn't make me feel comfortable then you become an issue then you become oh yeah. she's difficult or she's just oh you're um what's that what's the word that they use when aggressive. a woman's like what's that aggressive aggressive and you're being like challenging like oh it's always like oh like i'm, I'm being a challenge and some over people take that as well it's aggressive, that? it's aggressive for black women it's oversensitive for the rest over of the women yeah absolutely so we're being aggressive if i'm saying no this doesn't make me feel comfortable and as i've got older I've actually learned to say that, like, no, this doesn't make me feel comfortable. This makes me feel anxious. I've said it, like I'm saying it. 
um but my kids say it as well like they're starting to be like actually no i don't like this like this doesn't no why would i ugh, like i'm not gonna hug that person they, 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 you think they're gonna do it they don't do whatever they don't do what i told them to do they mm-hmm. do what they what makes them what feels right for them and you know back in the day you get one clap in the, in the neck or the back if you ever spoke up about somebody doing something that you do as an adult it's like this respect you ultimately must respect your elders um but actually the the elders and the people around us are not respecting us and they're not respecting our personal space so it's it's such a it's such a crazy thing it just makes me feel so like sick to my stomach that at a young age we're exposed to that and then as women we have to go through that every time we go in out you, you know you're going out people are staring at you you know people want to talk to you you don't want to talk to them you said no they're still persisting the more you say no the more they persist then they're still following you when you're going to a b and c it's like yeah that is that is absolute madness and i sympathize with any woman that is going through this like now thank god for lockdown because actually <laughs> i'm telling you i'm telling you lockdown mm-mm. unless unless you live with the person because yeah. we know that domestic abuse rates shot through the roof. We know that. Absolutely. And yeah. I know that they haven't yet released figures about um, uh, the domestic abuse rates, uh, refuge spaces, and women that have been killed. But refuge spaces are full up, as in they're overflowing. Yeah. There's a lady that manages, um, she works with women that need refuge. She said it, it, they're ran packed because of the so many women are seeking refuge from their own husbands. Uh, husbands. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's horrendous so and then you know what it's funny because this is obvious this discussion's obviously been sparked from the death of sarah everard 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 yeah yeah and i'm seeing people saying murder her her murder is like it's not something that happens all the time and it's we're trying to say yes the murder is out of the ordinary we wouldn't usually expect we wouldn't usually expect to see a murder in the middle of South London, but it's the leading up to that. It's all the things before that, all the times that women are harassed, all the times that you've walked down the road or you've been catcalled, all the times that you've had to um, tell tell someone that the only way you can say I'm not interested to say you've got a boyfriend, even that doesn't work. All of those things that led up to that point. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The murder. And, and also, I think I, I know the tweet you're talking about. Um, in, in response to Sarah Everard's murder, but also two to three women a week are killed by men. Yeah. So, I, I read that tweet. We won't name who, because we're not going to get sued here, not today. Yeah. Um, and I thought, you're an idiot. You're an idiot, because actually, <laughs> actually, yeah, women are killed all the time. Women killed women all, all the time. time. Absolutely. Yes, they are. We might, it doesn't make the news, because we don't want to flip and turn on BBC News and hear yeah. that women are killed Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but that's yeah. Would be happening if it was reported? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I wasn't sorry. I cut. I cut you off, um, Cheryl. But I didn't. I, I. I've been struggling with with Twitter. I've been struggling with the news this week because the response to the murder of Sarah Everard has been very mixed, and I can't. And I struggle with that actually. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I, when when you read how the journey that she took to go home, the clothes that she was wearing, it's all these things that you know to safeguard herself as a, as a woman so she took all the protocols and still that was not enough to keep her safe it tells you that we need to stop putting pressure on women to do all these things protocols to safeguard ourselves and ultimately we are being um, the perpetrators are the men you need to educate the perpetrators you need to tell men like we were saying from a very young age young boys from a very young age up until whatever age a man can get that it's not okay to that not okay to drive in the car and follow a woman down the street 
screaming and hooting, asking for her telephone number. That is not okay. And the thing is, again, is to report in. So when we report these things, how many of these things are taken seriously? Okay, I go to the police station. I told them I was, you know, stalked by a guy who was just running, you know, driving down the road with me, you know, trying to chat me up. It made me feel uncomfortable. I had to take a left turn as opposed to a right turn to go home and blah, blah, blah. You, you know, it's, it's, you know, even if I go ahead and report it, what happens then? Because well, what if you live in the police station, if you if you reported every that's what exactly 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 exactly, and and that's the thing. So it's like actually, how are we going? To, how are we safe? How are we safe? Because they're like, I'm not going to live in the police station. Remove every man. <laughs> from um, we're going to rest in peace, Sarah Everard. Though rest in peace, Sarah Everard. Rest in peace. I pray that her family is comfort and. I just can't even imagine it. Thirty-three other women who, as well, who are unspoken and who un didn't make it to the news, who have been killed as a result of, of male violence. Just rest in peace to them. Rest in peace. Amen. Amen. Oh, right, guys. On to other news. My brother, Kwame, Harry, Mensa. Coffee, <laughs> Harry. Coffee, Harry. Markel. <laughs> Prince um, Archie, 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 like reactions, so I think they, they, I think they kept most of it in. I, I believe, I believe. Um, Oprah's face. Woo! Woo! What? They did what? Who had uh -oh. that conversation? <laughs> Absolutely not. Jesus! Wow. Um, her face, her face is about, they're about to create about twenty different memes. Oh, I love the <laughs> So, guys, let's get into it because. I feel like I blink, like I said in the beginning, I blink, I go to sleep at night, I wake up and there's a new thing. Harry and Meghan, the saga. Yeah, continues. The interview. Let me just start by saying, before we start the interview, The Crown season, I think it's five, mm. is going to be lit. Like, Meghan just might as well play herself. They might as well <laughs> play themselves in the new I've not season. seen this. I've not seen The Crown. You need to... Now that you've seen this, you need to go. When you watch the, when you listen to Meghan Markle talk about her experience, yeah, it is a carbon copy of what Diana went through. Yeah, but Harry's been saying Harry, yeah, I don't say what. But you need to watch. You need to watch The Crown. Even if, if you don't watch any of the seasons, just watch the last season, season four, where it's specifically about Diana and okay. Diana's kind of introduction into the into the um into the royal family. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How isolated she was. She didn't see any. She could go. She could go months on end without seeing anyone, because no. Charles didn't want to see her. Charles was around with Camilla. Didn't have time for her. No. They thought she was too young-minded, so they just left her in a room. And she she talks about the fact that if you once you watch the Crown and then you actually watch her actual tapes that she actually yeah. released, she talks about the fact that she the only time she the only reason why she got bulimia is because of Charles. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, the only yeah. Why she wanted to kill herself was because of the the situation that Charles created, and then you listen to Meghan. Hmm. Replica. Replica. 
Harry has been saying from the beginning, I am not, history is not repeating itself. I see history repeat itself and it will not happen. Not on my watch. Yana Van Zandt said it. Not on my watch. Harry said, not on yeah. my watch. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? And how can you not respect a man who wants to protect his wife and his child? I, I think, and I think actually that that's so right, Jay. I don't understand. There's a sanctity in man in marriage, which is yeah. so vital. For, regardless if you're from royalty, a man is has married a woman. They have a child together. He wants to protect his wife and his child. Since when is this? A, but since when has this become a problem? No. Why? Why is it a problem? Then it's it's. And I, I'm going to say it. They have an issue with the fact that Meghan is mixed race. They have a problem that a part of her, half of her is, 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 is black. They've got a problem with it because the amount of articles I've seen slandering Meghan doing something very similar that Catherine did. And I'm like, actually, they're doing the same thing, but then Meghan's doing this for attention and Meghan and blah, 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 blah. And, but it's all negative, negative connotations. Anything around Meghan is attention seeking, manipulative, all these derogatory words to describe this person who's yeah. just coming. And they, and I think, if, if people know Prince Harry, Prince Harry has always been a slight rebel. He's always been somebody who's been very kind of open and adventurous and stuff like that. He's not the next heir to the throne anyway. So he has a little bit of leeway, which in, in terms of the he's he's, Yeah. Well, I'm not, there's no chance that I'm going to sit on that throne. So what is the point? Yeah. He's asking for the same things that some of his other, that his other family members are afforded. So his, his cousins and other royal Beatrice and what yeah. Well, yeah, they're not in the limelight. They get to do what no. they want. They get to marry who they want. Yeah, and when they when they said that in the interview, like it's been done before. We weren't inventing the we weren't reinventing the wheel. It's been done before. Other royal members are was it like a less like take a lesser role? That's all we wanted to do. I was like, yeah, like yeah. Yeah, because the way the media have framed it, these you know, Megan's come, she's removed Harry, she's you know, and it's all very undertones. Like we know it, we know it, uh, we know it already. But she's coming like taking this 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 impressionable young Harry out of the royal family, and she's making all these demands. So Beatrice and the cousins and the, the, the aunts and the uncles have and this all the great uh, yeah before that. Like I can't remember which. Sorry, Jay. You're taking security away from them. You're taking you. You're cutting them off. You're punishing these people. You're punishing them, and it is a, it is awful what you're doing. And and you're punishing Harry because he chose a black woman. Let's stop talk to things. That's what's happened. <laughs> you're punishing him. You're punishing him. Why? Yeah, which is which is disgusting. It's disgusting because when you think about the the royal family itself i mean every family has their secrets or their dysfunction whatever what families had a trail of dysfunction anyway you know they've got um people um abdicating from thrones i can't remember which prince was abdicating from thrones because he married a divorcee actress um you've got cousins that have been locked in asylums and, and, and mental health asylums because they've got you know they're mentally incapacitated or whatever you, what you what you want to call it in terms of political correctness they've had their own scandals and for me what is scandalous about uh, a royal marrying uh, um, a mixed race, uh, a Princess Charlotte. She, Prince, let's say Meghan wasn't the first Princess Charlotte, and I think it was seventeen sixty one or whatever. She, um, oh, I can't remember who, which, which I think it was. Was it George, George the Third or something? I can't remember which who it was. They had 15, 15 children together, fifteen yeah. children together, and that was um, Prince. You know, Prince. I think Prince Edward was one of them, which was the father of Queen Victoria. So you've got Schwartz, Noir, Black, Negro in your bloodline, and now. And you can imagine what it was like back then for her. I don't know what it was like back then for her in 1761. All I'm saying oh, is that you, you know what. I'll <laughs> never admit that. Was that? 
Prince Charlotte, they'll never admit it. Because I remember no, Google search. 1999. It's, they, it's, it's very hard to find stuff about Prince Charlotte. Yeah. It's, yes, it is. It's very it's hard. hard. And even when you look at the pictures, because obviously they weren't photographs, they would have been paintings. Yeah. Unless someone told you, you wouldn't know. No. There's a few, I think there's maybe like one or two paintings that highlight her, like her darker complexion and highlight her hair texture. Yeah, and her lips and all that stuff. Yeah, and some um, few, few like diary entries talking about her, obviously in a derogatory tone, like like referring to her complexion, her hair, her... Yeah. her we know, we know she was, she was a black woman. We know. Yeah, she was black, fully you black. Know. Black is he black? Black is he black, 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 yeah, a lot. Of, I think a lot of Americans were like, "Oh, it's so sick how we've got a multicultural cast and blah blah." And then I was like, "Actually, there's even um, a town, a town or a city in America named after her." Yeah, yeah. She was a queen. Yes. She was a queen. She was a queen. The queen. The queen. The nation that she was that she reigned over does not fart on her. No, no, absolutely. It's mad. It's mad how you can get. You know, well, they, that's not this not the first time they eradicate our history from books, and you know, because you know they don't want. To, I think it's nineteen ninety nine that it came out when they run it ran a story on Princess Charlotte, and it was actually like, oh my gosh, there's a black, you know, royal, and they've done there's other scandalous things anyway that's happened within the royal family. But I feel like ultimately what Meghan has gone through was absolutely horrendous, and how desensitized people are when she's talking about her mental health, when she's talking about having suicidal thoughts. And people look at that as, oh, it's attention-seeking, oh, she's manipulative. Let's just, let's see it as this. When they had to step down their, from their duties for the royal family, they would have to go to the Queen anyway. So ultimately, people have to understand there's a certain of non-botherness that the Queen has about this situation because the Queen knew that that, that was their, what, that, that, whether or not she agreed or whatever, they informed her about their decision. And she, if the Queen is okay with it, then why the hell are all you peasants still having the issue? No, this is why no. They call it, this is why he no. I think <laughs> Harry is very smart mm -hmm. because he used specific, he was very intentional with the words that he used. Yeah. yeah. You calling um, the royal family the establishment. Yeah. yeah. The firm. Yeah shows you that it's not the queen making the decisions. No. There are people far more powerful yep. than her making those decisions and she cannot say pimp. No. And that was that was the biggest insight for me. When when he referred, at one point they were all referring to the firm and I just thought, are we talking about the royal family? Are we talking about some Al Capone mafia? What, what are we talking about? Yeah. The it's, deep, it's deeper than that. See, the one thing that I've realised, especially with Britain, you know, in America, you have the mafia, you have, and they're quite flamboyant. You'll see, yeah. you'll see the Al Capone family, you'll yeah. see uh, the mafia, whatever, whatever those families are, you'll see them and you'll see kind of the, the fruits of what they're doing. Mm. Whereas in this culture, it's so insidious and it's so intrinsic in the system and the structure that we live in that to the common person, you would never see it. No. But it's the people that are making our legal system. It's the yeah. people making um, in government. It's yeah. the lawyers. It's the top doctors. It's all of the five percent, yeah, of society that we society that we know. We don't know who they are. Do you we know don't how know who they are. That is? Even the way he was describing the establishment or the firm was so 
scary. Yeah. And he's grown up in it. The thing is, he's grown up yeah. in it. Even for him to come out and say that, that. Yeah. yeah. He said so much without not saying enough. Yeah. 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 Said, I feel like he said as much as he could say. As yeah. he could say. Because he yeah. couldn't go, you know, yeah. obviously we can't, you wouldn't be name, name dropping and stuff like that. But no. he's basically described no. something like um Shed said it's so insidious and it's 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 been like that that's how how that's how people maintain their status but we know, of, we know that like I remember when I spent some time in um California like I was studying there and I remember like a lot of the students I was talking to were very much were so interested when I would talk about you know like British racism or racism in in uh, experience in London or all and they were so shocked that racism existed almost well I mean Americans are shocked that racism exists outside of America but shocked that it exists in Britain because actually the racism here is so subtle it's a different it looks different it feels well it doesn't feel yeah. different but it looks different yeah it's not differently yeah no. it's it's a, it's a it's systemic it's yes it's it's, a, it's it's systemic so when something is systemic and it's built in systems laws policies procedures things like that actually you you're you're, you're always going to be at disadvantage and it's not outrightly saying because you're black you're at a disadvantage it's no. just, if, if you read the if you don't even have to read the fine print it's no. just there blatantly just to, to to set you up that you're just going to be you're, yeah. just, you're setting you up to failure basically and it's, it's it's really quite it's really quite disgusting i think the way that they both have been treated and i, I think um i saw a poll that the older generation were less favorable of you know um megan and, and that after the interview and you know our generation or the younger generation were a bit more favorable of them and i said that just shows you what this is isn't it of course the older generation are going to be less favorable because for them they're just seeing this oh this um less she's she's mixed race she's mixed race let's call it as it is. she's mixed race and right so they pass off for any ethnicity she could watch of any any ethnicity she's a mixed race woman she's but you see when people want to see people as black that's how they are. Yeah. You know? That's how people are. When they want to see you as black and they want to put you down, you're going to be, okay, I'm just going to see the black in you. Not forgetting that she's actually got a white father. So don't yeah. try that one with me. Either. We can't even talk it's, about this. We can't even talk it's, about this. It's, it's, it's just, it's like everywhere you look, there's so much dysfunction. There's so many entanglements. And I'm like, actually, we're talking about, you're talking about Megan. Like she's not, what side of the family is more dysfunctional and coming out, out in her, disrespecting her, belittling her? I'm sorry. I didn't, I don't think it was the mum. From the mum since the wedding, she went. The, the mum came to the wedding and went home. The mum knows how to shut her mouth. The mum knows how to keep out of it. But every it's a dad every minute dad coming there saying, "Oh, the racism thing." Excuse me, did did you were you there at your daughter, your own daughter's wedding, or did you sell pictures? You, and just just stop, stop, <laughs> stop. And, the, and this is a way. This is the way I see it. When you're in a good position, when you're happy, when you're settled. There's people around you that will always try to bring you fat down, even if even your own, if it's even your own family. That's why she's kept a distance. Toxic is toxic, no matter what it looks like, no matter if it's family, no matter if it's friends, no matter if it's work yeah. colleagues. Toxic is toxic. Megan has kept a distance from these people. They've done yeah. nothing but slander her, um, yeah. and through and through, and she's barely come out and said anything uh, in in retaliation to what they've said. She's actually held her ground and been very very classy about it. She's explaining to people what her experience is in terms of being in being in the royal family. People don't want to hear it. You don't want to hear what somebody's experienced. The racism that she's... Well, there's no surprise there. We all know that British culture is built on um, colonialism, empires. Well, they, actually, why, actually, why, why are we not? I don't, think we all, I don't think we do all know. And I think actually what this, this whole interview has shown 
is that not everyone knows that. Because even for the royal, uh, a statement came out before the royal statement in response to the interview and was like, oh, you know, England has a, a rich, diverse history and colonial, colonialism and, and, you know, so how could, how could England be racist? Um, a rich history of colonialism. The only way you could release that statement is if you are banking on people not understanding what colonialism, colonialism is. is. Absolutely. And that's how foolish people are. They're not educating themselves in terms of if you think colonialism was any, in any way of a benefit to us, if you think slavery was any, of any benefit to the countries that they, in, the people that they've enslaved, if you think the empires that they built, it was in, it's in somewhat beneficial and then we're still, no, don't try it. Don't try it. And I, I think what I'm, I'm, I, I think it's sad because I feel like no matter what Megan says, she people already had this idea of her when she came into the royal family. Yeah. People were already saying that she's manipulative. They didn't like her. You had no reason not to like her. She asking, and when you're asking why, oh, why don't you like Megan? Why, why? This is remember, remember when they were dating. Remember when Harry? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Yeah, so we weren't sure. It looked like it was serious, but everyone was just kind of, oh, this. Well, from from my circle, from us, thought, well, oh, this is interesting. Yeah. Nice. Let's see what yeah. happens. And already there was this there was this conversation of we don't like Megan. Yeah, sure about her. Why? 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 We forgot all of that. That got this much. We haven't, so we haven't cut off. As far as I'm aware, they're not cut off. They've they still got security. They still got security. I'm sorry, but when you've been when you've been called by the American FBI to come and and, and share some information about what you knew about Epstein and what are you still doing here? To Piers Morgan. Hey, FBI. They're calling you. They're calling you. <laughs> There must be blackmailing him. There must be something that they've got on Piers Morgan. That's why that he's harping on so much because you were you're friends with Prince Andrew. Yeah, and you were friends with um, what's her name? Um, Jocelyn Maxwell. Yes. What's her name? Giselle. Giselle. Maxwell. Yeah, Maxwell. You and you've been seen. Them. You've been seen with um, Max Clifford. I think his name was um, that the major journalist for the Sun yeah. or whatever it was. Um, all of the perpetrators, all of them, those ones. You all of them. Pictures with all of. No one's them. mentioned that. No one's talking about that. Hold on, hold on. No one's talking about what Piers Morgan's connection with with them. The, yes. the, thing, is, the thing is not the thing is. Mm, I don't know. Piers Morgan's a whole different. I don't even know, man. I can't even get into. It was just upset my. Just talking about that man upsets my spirit. You know, like it actually upsets my spirit. And he was doing so well. There was like a week or so where he was just holding conservative MPs to account, and I really enjoyed him doing that. You know, he yeah. was really going in about the expenses and going in about how rubbish they were and stuff. And I thought, okay, Piers, you're you're redeeming yourself. And then with this Megan thing, he. <laughs> has just he's obsessed and not his obsession with her his obsession with her and do you know one thing that i realized this week is um the media and 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 tv execs they or tv channels they love to harp on about uh, mental health and protecting mental health yeah that i'm not even gonna i'm not even gonna go into the fact that he said he didn't believe that because i just think that's utterly ridiculous but i just thought for a black person having to switch on the TV every day, switch on whatever social media, Facebook, Instagram, whatever it is, and have to see idiots getting uh, interviewed about their racist thoughts or their racist, like, where is our concern about our mental health? 
Yeah. Because you're bringing people onto, I saw um, something the other day with, what's that guy that recently came out? Um, the presenter. He had a wife and he came out that he, he was gay. Oh, the guy that does. Oh, I forgot his name. I know who you're talking about, though. Oh, goodness. Like good, morning, good morning or something like that, whatever it is. Yeah, name. I forgot his name. They were interviewing um, this couple who were like royalists and they were exposing the text messages that they saw and they were calling like all people, all black people ugly and Megan is ugly and this, that and other and just ridiculous things. And they were standing by what they were saying. And I'm just like, why did you think it was okay to bring such people onto national TV knowing that black people are going to have to experience that and live through that? I mean, it's the yeah. same reason why they, they played and replayed and replayed George Floyd's murder. It's the same reason why the, the, the two black women who were found dead in the park, police officers took pictures and, and sent that to their friends. It's the same reason why all these things happen. It's because ultimately there's a lack of respect when it comes to black, black, black bodies. And that includes physical bodies and that includes mental and emotional bodies. So, so somebody, so a white, a white middle-class man can sit on ITV and, and say that he doesn't believe that Meghan Markle was suicidal. Could he could he say that about Catherine? Could he have said no, that? No. They could, could never say that about anyone else. No. And you're gonna be I, you're gonna be there, you're gonna be argumentative, you're gonna be walking off when when Alex Beresford tells you about yourself, you're gonna not be engaging in the conversation because you know that you can sit on TV and you will not be you will not be fired. You quit. Yeah. Quit. Absolutely. No, and I agree that even though everyone enjoys the fact that he quit or he got whatever happened to him, he will get another gig. We oh, yeah, something even bigger. Oh, something even bigger. Yeah. And ultimately, if you're just spreading, if you're just going around spreading hatred, and like you said, Jay, there's not there's a lack of care, a lack of empathy um, for anything to do pertaining black people, black health, mental health, um, officers, us human beings. There's a lack of respect, and you know, I think Catherine one time did mention that she struggled after thinking, well, I can't remember which child it was, um, you know, having kids and stuff like that. And she talked about her own you know, mental health struggles, her own personal struggles with motherhood. Did anybody sit there and say, Catherine, um, we don't believe you. Don't believe it was all sympathy for Catherine. It was all, oh, bless her, you know, it must be difficult and so on and so forth. But as soon as Megan starts saying something like that, this is why us as black people, so when we're talking about percentages and we're talking about 97% of women have been harassed or gone through some form of harassment, when you throw black women into that, it's, oh. it's, 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 it's going to be even worse. It's going to be even worse for us. Because actually, well, who's going to be who's going to believe us? Who cares? If somebody on national TV, somebody who has such somewhat power in terms of the media and what he says, and can be that influential to spread this kind of hatred amongst um, you know um, his views on on this particular um, mixed race female, um, imagine what we're going through. So not only as a woman do we have to go through the struggles of harassment, but as a black woman go through the struggles of harassment. Black people as mental health already the stigma within our community is so difficult. So many, so many of us are um, killing ourselves, committing suicide, um, drug addiction, alcohol addiction in our communities because of the mental health stigma, and then to throw that in our face on national on 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 in the media like that is absolutely disgusting somebody has to take accountability for the lives that are lost every single day us as black people no one is taking accountability for that nobody is raising the concerns and I, the fact that we, we're, we're, we're dying as well we are we are also dying we are also being killed we are also experienced domestic violence we are going through a hell of a lot but when we, you see us anywhere where, where who cares if we are on the news that was um, found I'm going to say murdered because to be honest unless you can give me another answer the girl that was found murdered on, and what on, on the shore on the beach yes I read about that yeah and 
they closed that they closed that case within a couple of days. Not suspicious. They unresolved. They accounted. They accounted for the fact that she was walking late at night. She was on the phone to her boyfriend, um, and then they found her body on the beach. They they didn't. If she was if she had drowned, she would have. They would. They autopsy would have been able to identify that. Absolutely. But you closed that. Yeah. How many no cases unresolved? I am sick to death. No, I'm sick to death of the unresolved cases pertaining to black people, black women. I'm sick to death of women, black women being um, dying during, during childbirth. I'm sick to death of black women being victims of domestic violence and we're 10 times more likely to die because we're not likely to be believed when we are reporting this to the, um, to the police or whoever we're reporting it to. I am sick to death of it. Enough is enough. And stop with the hatred out there all of you people that are spreading hatred and you and amongst us, you need to you need to stop because you don't understand what people are going through. You don't know what like Shed said, we're turning on the TV and everything is pure, pure hatred towards us, not believe not not being believed when we're speaking to medical officials, not believed when we're speaking to social services, not being believed when we're speaking to police. So who's going to believe us? Who's going to us? Where do we where do we ultimately go from here? Because all this is brazen. This has always been a problem, and it's even more so of a problem now. But where do we go from well, what here? I will, what I will say, because I agree with you, Esther. Like I am, like I'm sick of it as well. But what I have found is that with these, I guess these two conversations are, are happening side by side. So you have the Harry, the Harry and Meghan Markle race discussion, and then you have the Sarah Everard's um, murder investigation. So we're having these conversations are happening within each other. Um, so I guess we have to sort of, what I will say, what's different this time is that the conversations are definitely a lot more um, open, yeah. a lot more reflective. I think there's a lot more, I think a lot more black people and a lot more voices are saying, do you know what, enough is enough. We're not going to have a PC conversation. People are racist. Britain is a racist. racist. Yeah. Racism within the royal family, like, like we're having these conversations. The um, Americans, I saw an interview. I think a CNN interview, and the Americans were like, "We were shocked to know that there was racism in the UK." So now the world is looking at the UK as well, and that's yeah. that hasn't happened before. I no. think what I think what's different is because um, I was speaking to a lady today. She's older, um, and she was saying the difference. She she said she's lived through all of like she's lived here for years and years and years. She's seen it all happen, seen the um Stephen Lawrence, all of those things. And she said, what is different now and what is um ultimately a new movement is that the younger generation are able to articulate themselves in a way that the elder generation couldn't. So they are putting words to feelings, words to experience, things like uh, misogyny, misogynoir, all uh, institutional racism, all of those words that she said before just felt like the norm. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't until she saw, she said it wasn't until she saw a black family on the TV that yeah. she realized that she'd been living in a lie for so long, Absolutely. and it become so normal that it was it, to her it was abnormal to see a black person, a black family on the TV. Yeah, yeah, and this and is this is the look at the reaction that got. Look at the reaction that got. Complaints. Complaints. Yeah. Complaints and boycotts of Tesco. I said, yeah. good, we should all boycott Tesco so that when I go, my queue is very short. <laughs> yeah, good. You lot, stay at home. Stay Absolutely. at home. Let me go and get my, my eggs, milk and butter in peace and quiet, yeah. you know, in my empty supermarket. You should boycott. And that's Absolutely. It's shocking. It just, it just shows you that the mentality of people in the UK is not a shock to us. 
but I mean, black people, we've been living through this. We've been going through it. So for us, we've normalized you guys it. Are, normalized it and accepted it. Yeah, that's what's we, scary. We normalized yeah, it and we've normalized. Yeah, the, the fact that actually racist remarks, racial um, derogatory remarks, racial undertones, systemic racism, uh, racism within education, racism within the workplace. Call it out as it is. Like, I'm not scared to, sh- I'm not shy to say anymore that actually that's a racist comment. Don't say that. Like, don't try and laugh it off because I don't think it's, and you're not funny. You're not funny. How polite have us as black people been? Some of most of us have been quite polite in terms of yep. the way we, if we were going to wild out, <laughs> yeah, let me tell you something. The way the Americans protest, yeah, if us as black people were going to wild out and protest the way they protested, I'm sure people, well, we will reinforce those so called stereotypes that is out there because Americans don't have it. You understand Amer- Americans have been faced dealing with this racism for a long time and they call it out and they protest and they do whatever but we are very polite and conservative here even the response that the Black Lives Matter protests got from it from when we in the UK it was framed as, as violent exactly. <laughs> so I was like because I went I was there so I was like not not as far as I'm aware there were a few stuff but you know hundreds of thousands or, or whoever however many people there there's always going to be some a little bit of, yeah, a little awkward, awkward. yeah it was not violent it was not a violent protest but when i came back home and i watched the, the coverage on the tv oh come on man it was like what it was and then and then they had the what's it the pro what was it the um pro who were the racist ones who were the racist ones who came to protest then they did those two there was the um protests against another lockdown or something like that yeah, and then there was a protest when they pulled down the statue. You talking about that one? No, I'm talking about the the the, the um the the white racist demographic who came to protest against the racist about a, a protest against Black Lives Matter. So in response to Black Lives Matter, you then had the they're calling it the anti-racist or the pro-racist. It was some. It was, and then you have the picture of the black man carrying the white guy out of the crowd. Yeah, ah, yeah. So that that yeah. that now. When we put the two side by side, the Black Lives Matter protests and the demographic of the white guy being carried out of the cr- of the, the crowd, I know which one was more racist. Oh, yeah. Well, I know which one was more racist. I know which one was more violent. Because the the stigma is there and it's so entrenched, it's a generational thing. People are teaching. So you think, okay, racism, where does it stem from? Where does it come from? You know, I see my two children, very young, very innocent, you know, mixed race heritage, understands about learning about both both sides and both races and things like that. And I'm like, imagine me injecting hate into that. Mm. Imagine me as a black woman who's raising two mixed children, mixed race children, injecting hate into what I say and what I'm teaching them. Of course, they're going to start projecting that same hatred, and then it, and then they do that with their children. Isn't the way it's so dysfunction is so systemic. The way abuse is so systemic and entrenched. Racism is the same thing. Racism is so contagious amongst uh, uh, and the people. And I'm like, I'm saying, about black people, we've been polite. Myself and Jay went to a predominantly. Uh, Caucasian school, white school, females, Catholic school. (sighs) You think about about how different times were from then and how polite we were. How polite were we when when, when someone said something? I remember when someone said something one time, oh, don't do that. They said something to another white person and I think they were saying, oh, don't do that. You don't behave. You're You're acting like you're black. Stop behaving like you're black. And I remember actually saying, what does that mean? What does it mean to behave? as if you're black. I remember asking, and I didn't understand, what were you trying to say? And I yeah. remember it becoming a big thing because I was like, are you trying to say that behaving in a particular way, in, in a way that is black, is, is a bad thing? It's is, 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 is a negative thing. And I, did, I, did, I didn't quite get it. But all I'm saying is, 
this is a huge issue. I'm glad we're talking about it. Social media makes things a lot more easier and accessible for things to get to us quickly and for us to raise our awareness and concerns about stuff. But ultimately, Britain is racist. So people are racist. People in power have been racist. We had, what's his name? Enoch Powell, whatever his name was, who was racist. We had many racist people, politicians, that are using um, their, their, um, their status as a politician and, and, and infusing racism and hatred into it. And actually, where does, where does that get us? How many, um, has, it, has there been a black prime minister? No, and I watched a show about that the other day, actually. I think there's a show on BBC Two about whether, whether or not there'll ever be a black prime minister. And do you know what? The stats, the way they were, they were talking about the education, the opportunities, what you would need to do to get through. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> That's it. This, uh, do you know what? Guys, let us just pray for Let's Harry. take a deep breath. One pray, thing I yeah. will say, and I think um, just protect your energy. Like, whatever you need to do to recenter yourself because we are seeing a lot of negative things. We are seeing a lot of triggering things, a triggering, yeah. triggering conversations. What warnings as well. Recenter <laughs> yourself and just bring yourself back down to like a sense of, I don't know what psych psychologists use, but like grounding yourself. Yeah. It's yeah. so important, whether it's through prayer, whether it's through um, just the switching yourself off switching off I, yeah. I switched my even clubhouse this week i haven't been on, no. i haven't been on it as as much as i usually am and when i'm on it i'm in music rooms because i needed to take a mental break from hearing these conversations even though some of them are might might be progressive some of them sometimes you just need to take a break so mm -hmm. yeah I encourage anyone that is feeling very triggered by any of these discussions yeah take a break take a break take because a break. they're not there's no warning do you understand there's no warning about i don't think i think when you watch all these things it's how like shed says it's how you switch off from it because nobody's preparing anyone that's why we have to be the ones preparing ourselves our children for for what's out there because you can imagine just you know it's lockdown you know i know the kids have just gone back to school but you can imagine just children turning on the tv the first thing you'll see and it's just <laughs> just this first thing in the morning i'm trying to mind my business and then that's the first thing I'm seeing. And I, that's why I'm very particular. I don't really watch much TV anyway. I don't really don't watch, watch much TV. TV. I, I, I don't, I, I'm there with my Xbox or well, my PlayStation now. I've got a PlayStation, by the way, guys. What, five? Yeah. I basically got rid of my two Xboxes um, for a friend. Yeah, we get rid of my two Xboxes. Now I've got PlayStation. <laughs> Station, station. Five. So I'm, I'm living my best life. Well, what do you play on there? Um, so why are you asking? Like, you know, why are you asking? Like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> my favorite games are like Call of Duty. Call of Duty is my favorite, so I'm always playing that. Um, I always play the Black Ops Three, and I'm playing the new Call of Duty Cold War. But um, yeah, I've got um, yeah, so that's what I'm using. I, yeah, I'm very like selective about what I watch. Like, I'm just like, no, even the kids. I try to have music on most of the time in the background. Like, we'll watch certain things, but. Well, our house is very music based. We you know we watch very, very little TV here. We watch. We have a movie night every you Friday. Know, you know Esther. Um, you know but, you watch Behind Her Eyes. You never watch. Love craft. Never watch Behind Her Eyes. All these no. seasons. How many episodes? Twelve episodes. Esther doesn't watch nothing. No, I'm there. My I'm my business. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't even watch it. I just watched clips of it. I just watched parts of it, snippets. I'm like, okay, that's all I need to know. Um, that's fine. Yeah, because I'm very, I'm very particular about what I watch and what channels because I'm a very hypersensitive person to emotions. Yeah. Very hyper, hypersensitive to like things going on. 
So my body reacts so quickly, my mind reacts so quickly yeah. to things when I'm seeing things, people, especially people with their emotions. And I try not to just attach myself to that, that, that stuff because I know, I know I had to find an outlet in order to kind of cut ties with yeah. things like that. So I'm very, very particular about what so Call of Duty, so I got my PlayStation. So that's what I've been doing now. Um, well, when we are pleased that you've got your PS5. Where this is Finally. a good note to end to start to end the season on because actually Esther's got her PS5. Well done, well done to you, Thank guys. You. Before we wrap up today's episode, shall we just say what our favorite episode of our season has been? And everyone, yeah, yeah. So, so what's your favorite episode? and why and if you haven't listened to it already guys you guys can go and listen to it on our spotify on our apple um, podcast on youtube all our episodes are there um who wants to go first who's got a favorite episode okay um toss a coin i just wanted to talk about <laughs> what <laughs> this on david blaine what that's my invisible coin because i wanted to talk about esther's bathroom etiquette oh is that your favorite episode? Yeah, that's the one that that's the one that sprung to mind. <laughs> Pooping in people's houses, being comfortable with saying poop. Do you know what's funny? A friend spoke to me about that. Some <laughs> he was like, "Does that really happen?" <laughs> he came up to me. He was like, "Does that really happen?" Like people, she got sick because she she held in her poo. I said, I said "Yeah, like it happened." Shot. He was absolutely shocked and horrified. That's hilarious. Okay, cool. Esther, our favorite episode. Short men love me. <laughs> That is actually my favourite episode. That episode actually makes me laugh a lot. And I just can't get over on the fact that, you know, there's short men out there that obviously love Jordan and they're shorter than, <laughs> they're shorter than Jordan. <laughs> and I just can't. I just can't do it. I just think that's so funny. Um, hopefully Jordan gets a lot of um, love from the short nurse. Nurse, you know. The short nurse, the uncles. The short uncles. You know what? I've been having chats with God about it and it's all right. I've made my peace. Uh, I've made my peace. And actually, because remember after that episode dropped, there was a few, there was a few guys. Yes. Like, me, but a few guys I was talking to and they were short. But actually things have changed. People have gotten taller. New, people, new taller people have come. Yeah. Where? where in, we're in a panoramic. Where are they coming from? So you're in this Panda Express all by yourself, you know. I'm, I'm, I'm there, you know. <laughs> They in hinge online, man. Online, hard. I can't. I, 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 I just can't. I can't. <laughs> Honestly, I can't. I, like I was all for it in season one, and by season uh, episode one, by episode nine, I'm like, get this thing off my phone. Like, uh, honestly, it was starting to make me really angry because <laughs> why is it making you angry? Just because I wasn't seeing anything on there. You know what? I think you have to just, I, I know, well, the world's reopening very slowly. And so maybe it's it's going to be meeting people again. I think there's going to be an atmosphere of just like happiness when people are out, out and about again. I think people are really going to enjoy and uh, there's going to be enjoyment. Listen, yeah. I want to open my door on June 12th. June 12th, because it'll be hot. I have my summer dress on. Open the door and my husband be right there. Ah! Yes! Delivered. Amen. We receive. We receive. Amazon Prime delivery. <laughs> that is so jokes. Um, well, we, let me talk about that. So our male order husbands. I think that was yeah. Valentine's Day. We spoke about that. Um, that was a good episode. And I think my favourite, my favourite clip is definitely um, Esther doing her Mary J. Blige. I think that's episode one. <laughs> <And I> think... <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm joined by Mary J. I'm joined by Janet. I see, like, this has really become a thing. There's a, there's a theme, isn't there? Theme. Oh, Jordan, who are you coming as? Myself, man, I can't even do. Who? Who? I barely made it, made it, I barely woke up today. I barely put on makeup today. I'm, I'm falling apart. This is why the season comes to an end because secretly, I mean, it's me just falling apart. <laughs> it's me falling apart. <laughs> oh, my days, that is funny. Isn't it, isn't it mad that in a panoramic, we will wear makeup to stay in, to not leave the four walls? Yeah. I know. It feels expensive. My expensive foundation. Exactly. My exp- expensive accoutrement money. <laughs> listen yeah listen panoramic this panoramic has brought some new like never in old world would we be in a meeting in our pajama bombs no never. and you know what after the, after this patricia is done we are going to really really struggle to wear clothes, uh, clothes. <laughs> my legs my short stumpy legs have not been in jeans can count how many times on one hand that I've been in jeans. I feel like a catfish right now. That's honestly, maybe that's why I did eat a binge because I feel like a catfish. <laughs> I wore jeans the other day and I and I was like, this is a mess. That is. I honestly, no, do you know what? I lost a little bit of weight, so actually I was able to squeeze into them, thankfully. But the moment before my door had closed, the jeans were off. I came in before my my usually was the usually the bra no before my door had closed, my jeans were off. I was like, nah. Woo! Enough. 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 Oh, what's a bra? I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is. Sports, it's sports around bars. sports bar. Sports, yeah. sports bars. I'll be my best friend. I was like, is this what we've been doing all our life? No. I'm up to get some maternity bras. Mm, I'm get some maternity bras. bras are the best. Like I'm literally wearing mine. I'm like, oh, <laughs> they've just come out. I'm like, yes, no wire, nothing. Just, just mm, mm, so, Mm-mm. We can't go back, ladies. It's no. only us, you know. It's only forward, and that does not involve bras or jeans. So no. we have to really do what we're doing. <laughs> we have to really thank this Patricia for showing us that. We have to really, really, really move forward in that way, in a comfortable, comfortable way. Oh. Season two, we are comfortable. We are comfortable, absolutely. Coming back, comfortable. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> <Amen. laughs> men. That's it, guys. Oh, I love it. That's it. Oh, God. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. I'll sing us out. So, guys. While Mary J singing, you can get you can find our episodes on where is everything We are on Instagram, not your typical tea. We are on YouTube, not your typical tea. We are on Spotify. We are on Apple Apple Podcasts. We are on Anchor. We are on Clubhouse, guys. Add us. Jordan, my name is Cheryl Baderman. What's your name on what's your guys' name on uh, Clubhouse? Oh gosh, I don't even know. That's the parent. Thanks, Esther Perrin. Yeah, mine's Jordan Backley. Yeah, add up, guys. Go to our Instagram, check us out, like, subscribe, like our post, share our post, tell us what your favourite episodes were. We'll be posting up. I guess what we can do, like, our favourite of season one. Yeah. Clips. Yeah. Um, and we will see you guys soon. 
Who's praying us out? Who's doing the big season one and Jordan? I can do a prayer. I'm not doing a big season one one. Well, Esther's, Esther's singing Mary Day. <laughs> Jordan, oh. Esther, switch up to a, a, a gospel a gospel song. Maybe I've been going through something that really got <laughs> That's like a gospel song. I'll sing a gospel song. Wait, what gospel song? We need to do outtakes, you know. We need some um, we need some outtakes <laughs> from this episode. Okay, no, let me wrap it up. Let me wrap it up. Let me let me pray us out. Oh my gosh, it's out season one. Okay. <laughs> Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for bringing us together for season one, giving us the voice to share all of our knowledge and wisdom and expertise and experiences with our listeners lord i thank you so much for doing that um i pray into cheryl's life i pray into esther's life i pray into uh, nicola's life who's not with us today i pray for our church for our pastor oh lord that's that even it was her idea to start this podcast and we've we've grown and we've developed it and i thank you for that lord i pray that our episodes are listened to um during our break that the listeners take away what they need to take away from it lord i pray that that our listeners learn um are made safer, are made more knowledgeable by the things that we've shared, Lord. I, I thank you for speaking through us, Heavenly Father. I pray and pray into us while we break. I pray into us while we um, while we develop and while we think about the about season two moving forward, Lord. I pray and I thank you for that, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. 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 Mary Jane, take us out. Mary Jane. Woo! Guys, we are out. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.